0: Welcome in, Wildcat fans, to another edition of the Cattails Podcast, the official athletics podcast of Weaver State University. I am Paul Gru, the Director of Athletic Communications, and thrilled to be joined today for another podcast with the voice of the Wildcats. You could call him the inside voice, I guess, of the Wildcats. Yeah. Once you hear his voice, you'll know who it is. It's Rob Alexander.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: That's, that's how he sounds. <laughs> he has been the voice of Weaver State Athletics, uh, the P- public address announcer, I should say, for. Many, many years, and we're going to get into all that. He's done, we're thinking, somewhere around 2,000 games involving Weber State Athletics yeah. in a variety of sports. Rob, it's great to sit down with you and, and hear some of your great stories and memories. It's great to be here, Paul. It well, really is. You. It's,
1: uh, uh, you know, I had a chance to think after you talked to me a few weeks ago and then again yesterday wow. about this and about just the, the many different experiences and opportunities and, and Mostly the awesome people that I've had a chance to meet and to work closely with during my years of, of doing this Well, it's obviously
0: any fan that's come to games over the last However many years you've been doing this have would certainly recognize your, your voice yeah. uh, You've done nearly every men's game for the last uh, Close to 45 years and, and you say you haven't missed a game. You haven't worked every game but You haven't missed a game a men's game at the D Event Center?
1: No, I haven't. Which is remarkable. I haven't. Uh, you might be the only
0: person on the earth
1: who could say that. I don't know. <laughs> Earl Bullock, I guess, but he's no longer with us. It's just, you know, when they built the D Event Center, I was a student officer in 76, 77, and all that was going on. And I was part of the uh, D Event Center Policy Board, and we made all the policies and procedures for the D. And we'd always we'd go over and wander around while it was being constructed and get up in the cloud and do all these weird things. and. He'd probably be arrested for it if he did it now, but but we just we had a blast and it was fun. You know, I, I loved. I started coming to Wildcat Games when I was a little kid. We lived on 33rd Street, so not too far from here. My dad would give me five bucks and I'd dr- walk up to the, the gym and, and uh, Swenson and and uh, buy a ticket and get a drink and popcorn and go sit down and the general admission and stuff and it, we had so much fun. So obviously I don't remember
0: those days, but I've heard stories that Swenson Gym, the atmosphere there. Was oh, it was rocking.
1: You know, I mean, I um, I remember a couple of games there before I was was announcing uh, when I was a student. I started as a student at Weber State in nineteen fall of seventy three, and you know Neil before I can't remember if Neil was the coach then or I think could have been Gene Fisher. Could probably Visher was yeah. there the first little while, and, and of course I I was an when I just when I was a little kid, it was, I remember I had a friend named Prince Speechley, and we we would put together these scrapbooks of Weber State basketball, and they would have autograph sessions at the at the bookstore and different things, and 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 this is when Willie Sojourner was playing and Justin Zigbin and all these guys, guys. Yeah. and it was so much fun. I and I just they were my like my heroes and my idols and you know I was just living it. And Weber State Basketball had named, made a pretty good name for itself back in the day. Uh, I remember distinctly the first game that the first time Weber State played at Utah State and I think it was in what, 69 or early 70s I want early to say. 70s yeah. and Weber State won in the last minute and Don Spainhower, um who I worked for for many years, in the development office, he was the voice, the radio voice of the Wildcats, and I, I, I still have a recording of that game. Wow, that he gave me. It was a on a cassette tape, and then I since have put it on. I digitized it, but, but it, that was wild. And to think that we could beat, uh, Utah State with Dutch as the coach, and, you know, all the Weber State fans hated Dutch because he was he was pretty demonstrative on, on the sidelines, as as was Neil at the time, you know, and, and you know it would be kind of a a sideshow with those two guys on the bench, but you know, they had some good players. You know, Nate Williams and 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 Jeff Tebbs and some of these guys that were really, really good players and played in the NBA. And of course we had Willie Sojourner and Bob Davis and those guys and, you know, we we'd win the big sky almost every year. We'd play it seems like we'd either play uh, Long Beach State <laughs> But at that time it was when Tarkanian was coaching them, and they had a guy named Ed Ratliff that was really good, and we seemed like we'd have a first-round game with them almost, yeah. you know, like three years in a row. But anyway, it was just fun, and it was just fun. And back in those days, had I ever, had I ever dreamed, dreamt, that I would be so involved with Weaver State athletics as I am today, and have been over the years. I mean, I would have, I would have just, you know, okay, okay, you can die now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's just been. And I know you're kind of the same way. You were always definitely. So how did you get? Uh, how did you get from a student? You know, a student in
0: what '73? You said you started yeah. as a student here. Yeah. How did you get involved in in calling games? Other well, than because was, of your
1: great voice, I'm sure. Well, no, I didn't have a voice. <laughs> I was never. I was a business major. You know, I mean, I I just you know I just blessed to have a deeper voice, I guess. Instead of talking like this, I don't know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you fooled somebody. I guess. Yeah, yeah. no, and I was a big fool. And <laughs> so, uh, when I started in the, up, up here, John Peterson was the sports information director, and we developed to be we got to be really good friends. And I would help. I was, and I got to know Chick pretty well. And I was, I was helping him with track meets, and that's before it was all automated and all that kind of stuff. And and John knew that I was a pretty passionate fan. And I started, in fact, years when I was a student officer, Llewellyn Withrow was a. The secretary here in athletics for Gary Crompton. I mean, she really was in charge of everything. They had, you know, they had an athletic director, an assistant, and the coaches. That's about it. You know, and, and they had a Ron Flicker, the equipment guy, and, you know. And John Peterson, that was probably about that it. That was about it. Yeah. They weren't, you know, they didn't have all the, the people like they have now. But so I remember one year it was in. Uh, the fall of I can't remember it was 75, 76, or 74, 75. I don't remember that. That uh, Peterson asked me if, if I would be a chair, a student chair of a midnight madness thing with, and they used to do that for basketball. So we did that with Neil. I remember Jim Erickson and, and Paul Marigny and all those guys, Al DeWitt. So that was you know that was 70 probably 74, 75 time frame. And uh, so we had a Midnight Madness thing and it was awesome. We it was it was they had a kind of a pep rally down at the Shepherd Union building. Um, and then they all traveled up here and we had a that was a Midnight Madness. So it was at midnight, 11:59, 59 <laughs> at the Swenson and it was rocking. And I that's that's how I really got involved and I got to, got to go, got to know Neil McCarthy pretty well and and his family and and the assistant coaches and the Players, and that's kind of where I, I got maybe baptized um, yeah. full time stuff.
0: Well, and so then obviously from that it led you started out with women's basketball and volleyball, yeah. Right, calling
1: games. So in, in 76 or so, 75, 76, John Peterson called me and asked me if I would announce be the announcer for women's sports. And I kind of, <laughs> you know, at the time women's sports wasn't you know, that wasn't, didn't really even exist. And Title IX had just happened. And, and he called me a couple of weeks before the first game. And he said, did you find somebody for me? He said, eh, no, I'll just do it for you. Wow. Makes and you wonder
0: if, if, if it had gone a different way, what would have happened? Huh?
1: Well, I would have, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows how, you know, I mean, so 45 years later, <laughs> You're <still> I'm here <laughs> sitting with you. Yeah. But but it was it was awesome. And, you know, I didn't, You know, I kind of just developed a style of my own. There's nothing. I I had no formal training. I remember I would listen to basketball games on TV, the NBA games and stuff, and and some college games that were on and that sort of stuff. But then it was just like, okay, go. You know, they were supposed to introduce players and then uh, try to let the fans that were there kind of know what's going on, without being a cheerleader or that type of stuff. You know, and I. You know, I still hope I, you know, there's a few times where I get a little weird, but and so then I started doing, so I did volleyball, uh, women's basketball, and softball to start. And I did that for a number of years. And then in in 1981, Rich Ordina uh, contacted me and said, hey, we're looking for somebody to do uh, men's sports, to announce men's sports. And I went, duh. Yeah. Well, you don't have to ask again. (laughs) You know, you've got somebody. And... And I'm not sure what happened. Doug Spainhauer, who was a good friend, was, he, he was doing football and, and basketball at the time. And, and uh, I guess they just went another direction. I, I really didn't, I, I don't know what happened. And, uh, but anyway, so I started doing that in 1981. And, and, uh, and the rest is history. And the rest I is history. Yeah, so it's I, a I, did, history. I did football, men's basketball, and uh, then I was doing volleyball and women's basketball and softball. I did softball until 1984 when it was dropped. Uh, when when that and so that was eight or nine years and made a lot of good friends doing that and just doing all of it. It was it was just a blast doing these things and. You did volleyball for many many years into the 2000s and then. Yeah, and Cindy I think- Smoker, Cindy Frederick. Now then, Cindy uh-huh. Smoker came and, uh, I actually Jane Miner was volleyball coach first and then uh, George Miles. Uh, who let who was for you know he was kind of a part time full time coach, so I think he was working, he worked for a space contractor or something I don't remember what he was doing a defense contractor of some sort but, but uh, really good guy and but you know when Cindy came she uh, got some pretty good players and she won the league, one year and then she left went up to, she left to go to Washington State to be their volleyball coach and she still maintain you know maintain a close friendship and her husband, Farouk, and, and it's f- interesting, uh, they had a son, Ali, that was born the same – he and our, my oldest son, Nathan, were born within weeks of each other. We went to birthing classes and all that stuff, and it was pretty crazy. <laughs> then it comes out that Ali was playing for uh, Northern Iowa Northern Iowa it? when they went In to the NCAA, the, NCAA and, and he, he was a uh, – noise, he, yeah. He made some noise, and yeah. it was just, Ali Farouk Manesh. You know, I said, what? <laughs> you know, it was just pretty crazy. You know? Born in Ogden, Utah. Yeah, that's right. Goes to Northern Iowa. His mom was coaching at the University of Iowa at that time. Wow. But anyway, just a lot of, you know, I don't know how we got on this. But well,
0: so many memories. And that's the thing. There's so much yeah. to talk about. You also worked full-time at, at the university for many, many years. I well, did. I think we should mention that, of course. Well, I that did. Was your, I that was your real the, job, I guess. I
1: worked in the development office. Uh, I was hired in 1984 with Don Spainhauer as assistant director of development. And it was just two of us in the development office, and you know it was just fundraising at that time in 1984 was me lean, lean and mean, I guess, and and uh, and then but you know, I ended up working in the development office for about 29 years. People thought that, that when I, my announcing gig, if you will, was my full-time job. I said no, it's just for fun. <laughs> yeah, because I just I don't think I, I've never gotten paid for any women's games. Uh, and I, for a few years I got paid a little bit for men's games but the last couple of years I haven't ever even collected very any little. Yeah. you know it was just a, a few bucks yeah. a game and I just you know I don't know I just just the, the many connections and relationships with
0: players to coaches to fans to support staff to stats people I mean there's so many ushers right everybody yeah. that you've met that, well, exactly. that a lot of people don't ever even interact with but it's it's the many people it takes to, to run a game and so many of them have been here well and so you long. see it
1: all the way back you know with them well, Weber State's first athletic marketing person, Steve Pearson, you know, who, who worked for the bees before that, And now he he went into private business and in, in advertising and Chad Garrity and you know there have been a you know in the Wildcat Club was a pretty crazy stuff then with when Gary Crompton and Gary Evans were involved, but they did a nice job. They did some really good things for sports and athletics, and it's it's amazing, Paul, to see how far the athletics department at Weber State has come. To yeah. just kind of a, eh, kind of a so-so, to being really the, you know the juggernaut of of the big sky, as far as facilities and opportunities that the players have, and 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 you know we're sitting here in the in the in Stewart Stadium, in the Sky Suites, and I, I remember announcing games in the old press box, and which was kind of in the same place where we are. I, mean, I remember one game in particular, we are playing Montana State, and there were, we, it was one day we were having those Easterly Canyon winds, like They're like 70 miles an hour. And we're here, and I, I knew the thing was going to be blown off. You know, we were going to end up in the parking lot. But but it worked, and we won the game, and it was kind of funky to see these, you know, we've seen a lot of different yeah. games with the wind and the weather and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it's just so many different things and so many awesome, awesome people. From the student athletes to the coaches and their families, um, you know I remember getting pretty close to Chick and his family because John Peterson and Chick were pretty they they were neighbors, and and I, Chick asked me if I'd help him at at, at track meets. So I was the head finish judge with Ward Armstrong and, and a bunch of these guys, and that's when they had a you know a cadre of people on a looked like a, a old airplane where you, you know, get an airplane ramp, where you yeah, get yeah. into an airplane and they had, you know, two people for each lane on, with stopwatches. And then, you know, it was just, a, it was just, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. And,
0: but it was awesome. It was well, awesome. And you mentioned the changes in facilities. You know that you've experienced over no, almost 50 years you know from this was a gym which was a was terrific obviously right it wasn't a, a bad thing but how it's grown and now you have video boards and and new football buildings and it just it's amazing oh, it's
1: unbelievable yeah. you know i mean you first came in you know when i was a little kid weber state football was pretty cool you know i remember going to my my first weber state game when i was a little kid i remember my dad we, that's when weber state played their home games down at the uh and Sixteenth Street, where they hold the rodeo, Ogden Stadium. Ogden there. Stadium, yeah. and that was before they had the the first part of Stewart Stadium. So that had to have been in the uh, late fifties, early sixties. And you know, I thought, whoa, this is cool, college football. I mean, at that time, it was, yeah. you know, and they they play some pretty decent teams and that, and that that's when Sark was here, and bef- you know, and Sark certainly did a lot number of great things for the for Weber State and. And then we come up to Wildcat games. I remember in junior high or high school, Weber State was playing Idaho, and they were really good. And I, the funniest thing of the game, that the band was playing at halftime, and the the bass drum guy, you know, has that big drum in the, that he's carrying on his chest, and he kind of fell forward and fell over on the front of his drum. It was pretty cool. <laughs> you would have had to have seen that, but <laughs>
0: I'm sure. that was
1: the bet for me. That was the best part of the game. You know, just, uh, I was a pretty little kid yeah. at that time, but. It's just been so much fun to to get to know the athletes. The, uh, not I I got to know a number of the football players, especially while I was a student, because we had a lot of classes together and that kind of stuff. And same with basketball. Um, when after Mike Price had started, the athletic trainer was Tom Abdenor. and we became really good friends. And in fact, he was the best man at our wedding, and we've remained very close. And so we just you know a number of the assistant football coaches under, uh. <laughs> with Pete Realman, really and you know Chuck Detweiler and some of these guys Jim Fossil and there are some names from the past end up some guys that went on to be Mike Zimmer Mike Zimmer and, yeah Dave Campo Dave of them and all these guys and you got to be pretty good friends with them and Rick, Rick Cook and Bob Bratkowski and all these guys that are that have gone on and done amazing things in the in college football world and in the NFL yeah. you know Zimmer just uh <laughs> Yeah. He married, you know, Mike Zimmer married Kim Zanow, who was a Chautainell that he met here, while he was he was working. He came here from Missouri, uh, with Warren Howers, I think, was the head coach there or something. And anyway, it's just kind of weird. Um, and you know, you just it's just relationships and good yeah, friends, yeah. And, and I've seen a lot of fun things in basketball and football. A lot of great oh, games. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of awesome. I remember one year in 1980, the, in 81, just before I started, the, it was the, I can't remember, it was Weber State played, it was the year after Michigan State, and, and, uh. And in, Magic they, and Bird, is that what you're with saying? With Larry after Bird and Indiana Magic State, Johnson was yeah. the year after they won Indiana State and Michigan State. Which was in State, the Huntsman Center. Center. Which was at the Huntsman yes. Center, which I was, which was, I, I was which able to go to that, that which is pretty yeah, crazy. But, uh, you know those guys Magic Johnson and Larry Bird but so we played Michigan State the following year um, I, was that 81 82 or 80 79 87 I think right And, uh, and yeah so we in, went in Las Vegas for, and we went to Vegas it was a yeah. Vegas tournament and Weaver State the first night played Michigan State and they had a player by the name of Greg Kelser who was an NBA player they were really good they had won the, they'd won the national championship the year before. Weber, good old Weber State was playing them the first night. Weber State beat them. Mm-hmm. It was a great game. And then the next night, we played UNLV, who was, they were a top 10 team uh, with Sydney Green and some of these players that, you know, and, and that's when Tark was in his heyday getting all the players he may have or could have bought or, or, or recruited. Best and players he could get he somehow. Huh? Somehow. <laughs> and we ended up, I remember. It, it, it the game was really tight. Mark Matos, who's now a thoracic surgeon, uh, stole the inbounds pass and scored a layup, and Weber State won the game. Mm-hmm. And David Johnson was the all tournament. He was the tournament MVP. And, Bruce Collins and, and they overs- didn't even they didn't do anything. I mean, they they were so shocked that Weber State had beaten UNLV that Weber State. <laughs> Dave never got his MVP trophy. <laughs> the team never got their watches to winning this tournament until a couple of years later they came in the mail.
0: It saying, didn't go as you they planned
1: then, obviously. Well, no, it yeah. didn't. And that was really the Shark Tank. That was their old, That's funny. Their old gym. And, and it was pretty nuts. And that was wild. Yeah. And that ended up, that was the year that Weber State went on and they won like 17 games in a row. Uh, I think they lost the very first game of the year against Utah State. It was kind of a weird game.
0: You're like an encyclopedia. A weird game, yeah.
1: and then they won. And I just remember Channel Two followed Weber State on every game. Mm-hmm. They went all the home games, all the all the road games, because it was I think we we're 17 in a row, mm-hmm. if that's what I remember, 17 or 18. And uh, there was a guy by the name of Brian Douglas who was the videographer for for T V. He ended up going to work for KJS and the Jazz K-Jazz. and all this other stuff. Really, really good guy. And you know it was. a KUTV had a thing uh, back in the day, like it was "Hello Utah," you know, and they they'd get, go somewhere and everybody's they'd say "Hello Utah" and everybody would wave, and they'd do it a, anyway. That was a lot of fun. That was just that was a, you know a, a team of a bunch of nondescript players, you know, a bunch of slugs from Idaho and a you know a six eight hundred and forty pound guy from Loomis, California, <laughs> David Johnson. Yep. You and know, Bruce Collins from Rock Springs, and, and it just, yeah. Yeah, and they you just, know. Mark Matos was from Santa Barbara area, and, uh, you know, he was a just just short, slow, white guy with fluffy hair, <laughs> you know, but he was, boy, a, a fierce competitor. Yeah. So it was fun.
0: So many memories, and, and you really have become a encyclopedia, I guess. But you're also very helpful for me because you have contacts with so many different people and, and know people, and and that's very helpful. And you're really kind of a historian for in that sense because you've connected with all these
1: right. People. And it, and I still stay close to some of these people. You know, I mean, we may not see each other every day or whatever, but we'll you know see them on Facebook or or they see me or whatever, and or we'll call. I'll get a call out of the blue from you know Kent Hagen. Played here. He played for Neil, Was a was an excellent shooter. Uh, they didn't have a three point line at the time, but he was really good. He ended up going to chiropractic school and was a successful chiropractor in the Bay Area. And you know, I bumped into him a few times. It's just funny. And like and Stan Mayhew, yeah, uh, who was arguably one of the best players ever to play at Weber State. And he was shortened. He only played here one year, but he hes he had we we played. Uh, well he had forty five points. 45, which, which was the record for a long, for long time. For a long, long until time. Till Jarek Harding broke it. Until yeah. Jarek broke it. And and it was I can't was it Utah, Utah State or, yeah. it was against Utah State, State. And in the Swenson Gym. In the Swenson gym. And we beat him like a redheaded stepsister that year. We were you know, and we would beat I mean, we were we would beat Utah when they had Tom Chambers and Danny Brains and they were really good. Jerry Pym. Uh, we beat those guys, we beat Utah State, we beat BYU here. I don't think we've ever beat BYU in Provo for whatever official reason. I say official stri- kind of stri- Ooh, kind of stripe. Kind of a stripe. It's kind of a stripe in the past. A, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. no. I just remember. And then our first time Weber played at BYU, when I went to the game, I was a student. And Doug, Doug Richards, who who uh, ended up working at Weber State for a long time as the as the attorney general's rep, he was playing on a team at BYU with Chris Mershosic and Belmont Anderson and and a bunch of those guys. That, they were a pretty good team, and, and Weber State was down there, and they gave were giving BYU everything they wanted. In fact, Weber State was up by one with less than ten seconds to go. It was like four, or three or four seconds to go, and Weber State had scored, so BYU takes the ball out of bounds, and they there's they couldn't have gone all the way, you know. I mean, so they get the ball to Doug Richards, and he casts one off, like it's kind of like the Scotty Bamforth shot that that beat Northern Colorado, where. And he just, you know, and it was nothing but net from forty-five feet, and and uh, oh, it was a heartbreaker. It was a heartbreaker. And as much as I hated him then, we become very good friends. (laughs) Yeah. And he's a he's an awesome awesome guy, and uh, we played a lot of golf together and had a uh, just just crazy things like that. You know, Mm -hmm. I just I remember a game here, Kim Turner. Uh, worked at Weber State for a while. He was an athletic. Uh, was he marketing? marketing? Yep. For a while, he worked for the Utah Jazz for a number of years. But he played on the JV basketball team here, and Weber State played the University of Utah one game. So they always used, would play the JV games first.
0: Did you call those games too? Sometimes no, I didn't. You didn't no,
1: Harold Hunker did the JV games. That's another. That's another great name from the past. <laughs> he was the chair of the communications department and had kind of an interesting voice. But he announced the the JV games. But. So we had we had played Utah, uh, the JV game and we beat them, and they had a freshman by the name of Buster Matheny at the time, and he went on to play quite a bit at Utah, but somehow, during the varsity game, Weber State was ahead and it was a halftime, and somehow Kim Turner was, I don't know, he was giving a bunch of crap to Buster Matheny, calling him names or doing some other stuff, and so Buster got up and was wanted to fight him or something, and this was after the game was on they weren't. So he was. We were in the Swenson, and he was chasing Kim Turner around. Uh, Kim was running around the court. Finally, ex- ran or you know, and this Buster he was chasing him around. It was, just, it was
0: pretty. Crazy. <laughs> I could see that with knowing Kim. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so many memories. We're talking with Rob Alexander, a longtime voice of the Wildcats, the PA announcer for many, many years. And you're you're about about se- you you have a list here of some games that you've done uh, about 700 women's games and over almost 650 men's games and let alone the others that we've that we've talked about um but uh a couple of that you did in in addition were the ncaa tournament games that we hosted we actually hosted four but you you called two of them in 83 and 86. i remember going to the tournament in 94 as a as a as a high schooler but there was nothing like that hosting those ncaa tournaments what was that and you had some big name teams including nc state with Jim Valvano, the team that actually won it, throw yeah. Bailey on that team, in and Virginia came in, the, and then in 86, you had North Carolina. The Dean first sport. time
1: Weber State did it was the 81 year. A- yeah, 1980, right. 80-81, a- and, and I hadn't started announcing women's, men's games then. I was, still, I was on the stats crew when Weber State was, you know, they were all everything, and they, they'd won the That was the Bruce handily, the, the season Bruce. we just talked about, and and they lost. Yeah. And they lost to Lamar. And when – I remember when the – Tournament pairing show came out and said Weber State will play in Ogden at home. They don't do that anymore.
0: No.
1: Uh, home teams can't play at their home no. or teams can't play they in play their home, home arena yeah. now. But at that time, so we thought we just had it made. We we're gonna play some team named Lamar. You know, named after you know. I know a Lamar, Lamar Hershey. <laughs> but I, but you know, who I'd never heard of Lamar, and their coach is Billy Tubbs. They had a player by the name of Mike Oliver who was. Until then, nobody really knew who he was, and he went off for like 37 points. And he would, and we didn't guard him too closely because he'd take a, like a step past half court and cast it off and it would go in. And Weber State was still in the mix until the very end. I think we lost by what three or we lost by one. By one, and you know we didn't lose the game; we just ran out of time. Because Bruce Collins had a had a great game that game, and and it was just is really a shame for the kids and for the. For the community to to see that loss, but well, and, say, and you know, we
0: talked about how the Swenson was rocking. The D Center had at oh, those times, it was a full eleven thousand five hundred fans. Yeah, it was packed. Yeah,
1: Crompton had put eleven thousand seven one five was a sellout. <laughs> yeah, look
0: at the records. There's three of those eleven seven
1: one five. And I don't know how I remember that number, but eleven thousand seven one five and. And there probably were more there, but who knows? And but there were people were hanging from the rafters. Yeah. It was just, and it was so much fun. We'd host the Big Sky tournaments those years, uh, and it was not even close. were State just manhandled the rest of the Big Sky. and there were some, there were some awesome Big Sky games during that time. Uh, and it, but boy, it was rocking. It was just, I mean, it was big time. One year, and and I don't know. There's a lot of reasons why we don't. See as many people here because there's so many other opportunities for people to do different things. But basketball was really a hotbed in Utah. I remember one year, uh, BYU had a home game, Utah had a home game, Weber State had a home game, and Utah State all had home games, and all four of them were sellouts. And they were all we all had pretty good teams at that time, and that was that. I think that's what made things really fun and competitive. And you know, things are a little different now as far as the. Division of players and division of teams and who gets what players and you know uh, you used to be able to kind of get a, uh, a sleeper you know maybe like Willie Sojourner or Bob Davis or somebody like that and and would really really put a team on a map which which they did which they really did <laughs> but man it was it was rocking yeah. it was fun that yeah. we had when Neil left Larry Farmer came and that was fun for a while and then it got to be. Holy cow! It was, uh, as you know, it just was pretty crazy, and we didn't win very many games. And and then we had Denny Houston, who I really loved, good guy. I like Larry too. Got to be good friends, and same thing with Denny Houston. And and uh, then, and then after Denny, we had Ron A. Beglin, and you know, Ron, what a great guy. I mean, an awesome coach. I often said with Ron that had, had he been the coach at Kentucky and had all these five star recruits all these blue chip athletes he wouldn't have lost a game because yeah. Yeah. he put together teams with you know Andy Jensen or, or Andy Smith you know who was a you know six nine white guy that weighed about 312 pounds or something you know but but he had he had a, a system where he'd get you know he'd always have a pretty good point guard and he'd always have a good shooting guard and always have a, a big white guy in the middle. And he'd have always have a, a pretty athletic four player, Jeff, Jeff Lentfer or somebody. Like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, but then he had remember Shaba, he yeah, had Kirk Smith, Kirk Smith, a guy that could really rebound, yeah. and then just another shooter and guy, A shooter like and Reed. And, or somebody. And, but and, yeah, and but he did a great job, and it was so much fun to get to know those players, and and to, I love when we have the alumni games. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm in heaven because yeah. these guys are all my buddies, and. You know, Damien comes and that's cool, but gosh, to but see, see him. You yeah. see some of what Doug Ellardson and all these other guys. Yeah, that Doug Allerdson has played this last yeah. year and, and and I got to it's really funny, I got to be really good friends with Willie Sojourner mm-hmm. and Justice Thigpen, and Sessions Harlan. We still talk quite a bit with those guys and, and I would never have dreamt that when I was in, in ninth grade and these guys were, you know, up here and I Gonz- I remember when Gonzaga was in our league. They had a coach by the name of Adrian Buconstriani or something like that, uh, and uh, it was really it was kind of Montana, Weber State, and and uh, Gonzaga. Every once in a while, Idaho State had pretty good teams, but boy, there were some barn burners with Gonzaga, and they had weird uniforms. They had these like T-shirts <laughs> without. They didn't have the regular basketball jersey. They had sli- sleeves on their jerseys and stuff, but. It's just been so much fun to get to know the players and, and stay in touch with them and
0: well and it's fun to see them since you've you know been around for for so long you see them like you said turn into surgeons or whatever else it is yeah they start out as you know 18 20 year olds and you, you get to know them and then they you see what they do with their lives yeah. and it's and and usually a big part of their lives still and, they, yeah, and they, a lot of them come back for the hall of fame and different things like that
1: yeah yeah and they you know, and some guys that weren't really superstars, but they're just you know, like Brian Emery played for, for Ron. He's he still comes around to games, and a lot, just a lot of the a lot of these guys. Uh, you know, Joey Hawes, who lives up in Meridian, Idaho, now was a he was on the uh, the team that beat North Carolina, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was you know stayed close with him, and I got to know his parents really well. They sadly, both his parents have passed away, but just it's fun to get you know and get to know the players yeah. parents you yeah. know and uh, James Hayek was in town uh, over the christmas break we I don't remember if it was a men's game or a women's game that they came to he yeah. and his wife his wife was a soccer, soccer player that he met you know he's from from uh, Omaha Omaha Nebraska yeah. and she's from Syracuse and they're they've been together for a long time and and uh, it's just fun to see them and stay in touch with the parents and the kids and to see you know now these now these guys are having their own their kids that are coming. You know I remember when, when uh, a football player what's his name? Oh, it was a lineman a couple of years ago. It was uh, two years ago. His dad played here before. Why can't I remember? Anyway, I can't remember. Anything. Yeah, but a couple. I mean the. Uh, Atagi boys, oh you know, Xavier Stilson, Stilson, yeah. yeah, Dale Stilson, Dale Stilson, yeah. Yeah. and I knew Dale pretty well, and then here comes and now the X man, the, X-Men, they, the Atagis. Miller, and, Miller was yeah. really good; they're pretty good yeah. friends with Miller and Jenny, and and uh, now their boys are playing. <laughs> boys are, it's, it is fun. It is it's fun to just see. to see that and to see yeah. that and, uh, and get to know some of these old guys like like uh, Roger Trincarel, who played for Sark in the mid '60s, and has stayed so close to the program. Like became a you know, he's a major contributor to the football facility and he owns a big winery, Sutter Home Winery and a bunch of others in in California's done very well, but you'd never know it. You know, I mean he's as, as humble as the day is long and he still comes to a lot of stuff and you know, it's just all these—you know, Ron and Vicki McCall, and I mean, just so many people. So many. Tom and Nancy Davidson were yeah. a big part of. Oh my of, gosh, of, they were like my we own parents for many years. And and uh, <laughs> they sadly have passed away, but they made a—they had a big, huge impact. Yeah. On the you know, with their money and their support and and all those sorts of things, it's uh, for sure. You know, it's a it's a great place. Well, and you know, as you you travel around the
0: country too, and and even in your job in development, which wasn't necessarily just for athletics, but Athletics is what is kind of known across yeah. the country. We're still, uh, obviously, daily now, but we were known forever for Harold Arsenal, right? It was, it, I mean, the show. It's what made people uh, know who Weber, as you said, Weber State yeah. was.
1: And, yeah, for and years it was Weber State, but Athletics not has that
0: big impact, it really does.
1: Um, Barry Maurer, who was a, um, he founded a company called Lifetime Products, yeah. who now it, he started that in his garage. <laughs> you know, he, he, he bought some. Used pipe, he was a, He went to Weber Stadium microbiology degree, and he met his wife, Kathy, and they had nothing. You know, they were just, he was working on at Hill Air Force Base and there was some menial job, a good job, but you know, not, not a, but he loved basketball. And he bought some used pipe and stuff from Defense Depot Ogden, and he took a night welding class here at Weber, and he was building basketball rim, basketball hoops. And so he started selling them. I think he sold his, the very first basketball hoop he sold was the Don Spainhauer. Wow. And it was, you know, and, and then he bought a patent from Lavelle, or Liddell Anderson, who had the adjustable basket thing. And, and uh, but you know, he always, and, and that company has become, yeah. they, you know, they have a, they're from in China, they're all over, they're, they're world renowned in, in recreational products. In fact, Barry's kind of stepped back. He's still the CEO, but Richard Hendrickson now is the. But Barry always said, um, he always said, you know, the the best thing that Weber State has. Weber, Weber State is a good school, and you know, and whatever. But he said it's basketball that's put it on the map, because it, especially in the early years when we play. Remember, years ago we we would. I can't remember the year it was. It was 19. I think it was a 69 team we went to the NCAA's and we played uh, Santa Clara. And Santa Clara was the number two ranked team in the country. And <coughs> that was the first away basketball game I'd ever gone to. And I was I mean it was it was on my birthday in nineteen sixty nine. So on March thirteenth, nineteen sixty nine, I think that was the year. That was the and we we lost to Santa Clara. Santa Clara was the number two team in the country behind UCLA. It was UCLA, Santa Clara and we ended up playing Santa Clara, and we had a chance to beat him. Lost in overtime, actually. Lost in yeah. overtime. Uh, our our a good friend, Dave Sackowitz, who's still in town, still is a Wheeler State fan, he was on the team. He's from the Bronx. He still has that Bronxian accent, or if, is that I don't know if that's really even a word, Bronxian, but he <laughs> has a Bronx accent. And, uh, and uh, he was at the free throw line to have a chance to, if, he, if he'd made one free throw, we'd have won the game. And he he bricked two free throws at the end of the game. (laughs) And we ended up losing in overtime. He he never he's you know, people that remember that, you know, they you know, he felt awful, as you can imagine. But hey, it's just part of the game. But that was just that was wild. And that's kinda when we really started making a a name for Weber State basketball and and with Willie Sojourner was went to the ABA and played with Julius Irving. In fact, he gave Julius Doctor J nickname because I don't think he could say Julius. No, <laughs> no, that's not, probably not the case. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were roommates. And so much history. They were rookies, roommates, yep. and and he, he named him Doctor J. Mm-hmm. And for the, at the for the Virginia Squires. Virginia Squires. Back in the yes. day. But anyway, it's just been it's been a blast, and and to, you know, to be involved now with you, Paul, and and to see the things that you you have done. You you know, it's it's amazing how sports information has changed. Also, over the years, from from John Peterson to uh, whoever else was the SID at the time, Brad Larson for, Nan for so many and years, and Ann Holyoke, yeah. and you know, they were sitting there with their typewriters, oh. typing all this stuff, manually and doing m- the stats Mimeographing, and and The yeah. smell of mimeograph paper in the <laughs> in, in it has the, changed, and it's changed to Twitters and everything else now. Yeah, and now you know, now we have you, and we have Darren Hogue, who's a Really, the digital content person every and every game stream. on ESPN Plus. I mean, who, no, yeah, who, would've
0: would've
1: thought was nobody ever would have ever thought of that. Yeah. And we we were lucky to have our games on KLO fourteen thirty <laughs> with Don the Sandman Spanhauer, you know. And and uh, I would never miss I would never miss those games. Yeah. You know, it's amazing what it's turned into, and it's it's been wow. it's been wild. And to he, see to see the things happen, to see this beautiful building that we're in, and of course the D Event Center is still. <laughs> you know we 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 talked about that at the start a little
0: bit but and you were there part of it being built but yeah. if we build a building like that now it'd be hundreds of millions i mean oh, it'd be amazing it would have been impossible it would be you never you never do it we never could do it to think that it's 44 years old and still
1: it a looks brand building new. and in great shape and and the administration and you know i i, I just they've they've i mean it is our community is very blessed to have that facility, and to have Weber State in the community. Um, I mean, it's just it's just yeah. amazing how many you know how Weber State touches this community, and and whether it be at Hill Air Force Base or in downtown Ogden or wherever it is. You know, there are Weber State people all over, like health professions. You go to, if you ever have to go to the hospital or something, you can bet there's a Weber State nurse taking care of you. <laughs> That's right. You know, or, or in that sort of thing. So it's just, what a fabulous place it is. And what a, well, and you've been involved with so many
0: presidents of the university um, and over the years and yeah. athletic directors, like we said, every coach since, well, even since Dick Mon. I'm sure you probably is. Yeah. A, as a And Phil Johnson as a kid, you went
1: to every coach since then. Yeah. you've been involved with and gotten to know and I remember Phil Johnson when he was the coach he was just a young guy he was like 27 or 28 years old and he was kind of you know when they when Don would interview him on the radio you know he was one year where they went 27 and three mm-hmm. and and uh I mean they were that was that 69 year you're yeah. talking about it, actually and it's yeah. a really really good team and and you know Phil was just he would hate to lose he said, "You know, in the pros, you can lose a game, and uh-huh, you have an next one. You play 80 games a year, but when you're playing college basketball, you lose one game, and that can really hurt you." And he hated. It. I mean, of course, he didn't lose very many. Yeah. He didn't lose very many. And and uh, you know, I, it's just it's crazy to see the coaches that have come through Weber State and the awesome players. You know, you're thumbing through your. Your press guide and all these guys: Dick Motta, Phil Johnson, Gene Vischer, Neil McCarthy, Larry Farmer, uh, Denny Houston, Ronnie Beglin, Joe Cravens, Randy Ray. That's a pretty good group. You know, they all weren't as successful as some of the others, but you know, they all they all you know really played a part in in making this. uh, You know, the the, I was listening to the Weber State Montana game. On ESPN Plus uh, this last weekend when Weber State played there, and uh, the announcer kept saying that Weber State is the, you know they're the model program in the Big Sky and have been for a long time. And they've won more tournaments, more Big Sky games, more NCAA games than any other team in the Big Sky, and you know we get kind of complacent um, here, and you know we get mad if we we have a season where we lose eight or nine games. I say, you guys, you just don't remember how it was, in the, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say ill against with Larry Farmer, but there were some pretty ugly teams. You know, there was some bad g- basketball going on, and and you know a lot of people left, a lot of a lot of people stuck through that, and you know, I think part of the part of the issue with success, with the amount of success we've seen, is you get people get get like entitled to the success, and they if we lose a couple of games here and there they're out for the coach's head or they're saying, Oh, there's something terrible going on <laughs> You know. You look at, at Jay Hill, you know, what a blessing it's been to have him here. But we've had some awfully good coaches here. And but Jay has done things you know, four big sky championships in a row. And he brings great kids in and he understands it and he and he's a he's a great community member and loves Ogden and loves the community and that that's kinda what our coaches you know, a lot of the really mm-hmm. successful coaches, uh, they have really embraced Ogden, mm-hmm. and and which is awesome. Which is which is awesome. They come back and they get, it's you know you get Phil Johnson and Gene Visher and these guys coming back and Dick Mata, you know they could run for mayor, they'd win in a minute. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? right. Uh, but it's been it's 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 been a blast. It's just
0: been so. I'll, I'm gonna put you on the spot with okay. a couple questions here. A few memorable shots or memorable games that really stand out as thrilling, exciting victories on the basketball basketball games, and it's, I know that's putting you on the spot.
1: Well, I mean, there there are hundreds. Yeah, I'm you know, sure. I remember a couple when Robbie Johnson was playing for Ron A. Beglin. We were playing Boise State, and that's when they were. I guess he must have been in the Big Sky still. Mm-hmm. Probably the,
0: right at the, the end of their
1: right week, of their yeah. right at the end of their Big Sky, and we were playing them at the D. And it was for the Big Sky Championship, and Robbie Johnson hit a shot from the uh, corner by the visitors' bench. I'm sure he was just barely in bounds. Threw that up and went in, and it was just wild. I think that was Weber State's first Big Sky Championship for a long. You know that was.
0: That was '95, probably yeah, right. Yeah, yeah and when they, they had one beat
1: Michigan State. Yeah, and that was a. You know that was a. It had been I think was twelve pretty years. Pretty wild and crazy. Yeah. I mean that was fun. Um, uh, just, you know, to watch guys like Bruce Collins and these guys play, it was just, I imagine what a guy like Bruce Collins or Stan Mayhew would do in the, they probably wouldn't be at Weber State. You know, they'd probably be at Kentucky or somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But Bruce Collins, you know, he was just a myopic kid from Rock Springs, Wyoming, meaning he had terrible eyesight. And uh, he worked, <laughs> I don't know, he, he wore contacts when he played. I don't think he could close his eyes when he had his contacts in, because they <laughs> stuck out so far. <laughs> But just a really good guy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I remember the the game when we were playing Northern Colorado, with uh, Randy Scotty Bamforth was we were down Northern Colorado. We were kind of struggling a little bit. We hadn't had a great year. That's the year Damien got hurt? The, yes. Yes. Okay, that's and what it so was. So we started. Oh, I re- and that re- and I remember though that that uh, Weaver State was down by one, with you know like three seconds on the clock, and. Uh, Darren Mahoney takes the ball out of bounds. And Darren's another kid, you know. What a great young man! And he's he married a, a gal from Ogden. He's from Heber City, married a gal from Ogden, Kerry Wallen's daughter, who is the CEO at Golden West Credit Union. And you know, he's married with three or four kids. He's in a business with his brother and done some marvelous things. They live in Mountain Green, but anyway, so he throws the ball into Scotty B, and and uh, Scotty just he takes a step. I can't remember if he caught it in the backcourt or if he caught it just over the, over yeah, the half court, court line. line. Yeah. But he took about a step and cast it off. And mm-hmm. while the ball was in the air, the buzzer went off. And it was nothing but net. It just swished. And it, the place went nuts. And it was on a, on a regionally televised mm-hmm. game. And I still play that back every once in a while because it's, <laughs> it's pretty it's wild. So watch, and yeah. Damien, he's on one end, and he's going through. He's on crutches. And he's running on the court yep. with these crutches, like going 90 miles an hour. Just he doesn't know what to do, and I don't think any of those guys. I mean, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I yeah. remember a, a game when uh, Weber State played in the finals with uh, Montana at Montana when they had Michael Ray Richardson as a mm-hmm. senior, <coughs> and I was at that game, and and Weber State was a. You know they won. They beat they beat Montana in Montana to win the Big Sky Championship that year in the Big Sky Tournament. Montana had won the regular season, uh, uh, deal, and that's why they hosted the tournament. And Weber State beat, and that was pretty wild and crazy. That was pretty awesome. So there's just been you know and and you know to see see some of these kids see Jimmy DeGraff and read his shot at Utah State. (laughs) You know, which, yeah. was, which was, you know, he just casts off from just over half court and it goes in, and that was wild. That was wild. And, but just, you know, we had some teams that were really, Weber State used to have a swagger, if you would. Teams that teams wouldn't want to come to the D Event Center because they know that they weren't going to have a chance. Um, yeah, it's true. And that home and court advantage, yeah. And, and I don't know if that's gone away now. Not not so much, before Randy came, it was not really, you know, it just, now there's a swagger again. Yeah. And I think this team, this year's team, has a swagger to it. Uh, you know, they'll lose a game here and there, and that's that's too bad. But but uh, they have that kind of swagger. They, where they, they You come in expecting to win, not just saying, well, maybe we can win this one. That's how Neil was the whole time. I mean, yeah. he expected yeah. to win every time on the court, whether he was playing Purdue or... Kentucky, or or uh, uh, New Mexico State and the regionals, and that was I went to the the regional, the NCA regional in Lawrence, Kansas, when we were state played. We played New Mexico State the first year, first night, and beat them. They had a real good team that year. Weldon Drew was their coach, and just they had a real good team. And then the next night they played Arkansas, who had Sidney Moncrief. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's a night that David Johnson. I mean, he was, and that was a close game, but it's hard to beat. A team, I right. mean, with a, you know, he was a, probably yeah. one of the best players ever to play basketball in this country, Sidney Moncrief, even in, when he went to the NBA and right. did crazy things. And, but it was wild, and oh. it was fun. It was fun. You just gotta you just love it. And, and you said at the start that you
0: kind of just transitioned into some of your sayings. I mean, you have some famous, you know, sayings like,
1: too many steps, right? That's <laughs> yeah. a big one. <laughs> yeah. and too many steps. And that started, uh, Black Sasaki... We had, when, years ago, we had a couple of student interns for marketing. They hired a couple of, I remember, and I don't remember who the AD was at the time, where they, they, to, instead of hiring a full-time marketing, they hired a couple of marketing, quote, interns, but they were seniors in a, they were in a, graduate programs in, in uh, sports management or something from, like Ohio University or somewhere, they had a good program. And Blake Sasaki, who's now an athletic administrator at San Jose State. Was here as a part time. He said, "We'll just say too many steps or something like that. Would be cool." So I just—that's when I started saying too many steps, and now I see people in the community and you know, I too many steps. <laughs> you know, they look the at the emphasis me, on the two. Too many steps. You know, and, it, and it's just something that you know. I don't know. I know sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure it's hard you because you have to kind of
0: remove yourself from as a fan. Yeah. I, mean, I know you are a fan obviously you want us to win sure. but you still
1: have to do your job and you got to be a little the careful. officials
0: say stuff and you got to be careful not to you know
1: but my first my first year announcing I remember when, when Neil was a coach and and uh, there were, I remember the official's name was Gordon Burke he was from American Fort good official I and mean, he he you know been some done some NCA finals and some other games and I don't remember <laughs> when we were playing <laughs> but I was just kind of I guess testing out the the PA. Whatever. <laughs> the limits? The limits. Testing out the limits. And I said something, I don't remember, it wasn't like, that's a bunch of crap ref or, or something. I like didn't, but it was just my intonation. He, and he trotted over there and he just said, one more time and that's a T. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, just kind of, I tightened myself up yeah. and, you know, and, you know, I've had, you know, it was, um, I've had some interesting things. There was uh, Bob Schofield as a women's re- as a referee. And he's he's a good official, and when he when he started coming up here, he, he was pretty funny and and all this kind of stuff. And but he can get pretty serious in games. And one year in the Big Sky tournament, uh, we were, uh, Weber State wasn't even playing at this in this particular game, and but we hosted the tournament. And I think it was Portland State and somebody I remember a team that was green and I think maybe NAU or something. And, and uh, you know, I, Jeff T was sitting next to me. He was the marketing intern who ended up being the athletic director at Idaho State. He was a track athlete here. <coughs> and, uh, you know, they, he called, Schofield called a call. I don't remember what it was. It was like a, a travel or a something down. And he said, and I just looked at Jeff. I said, well, that's, he hasn't called that all game, and here we go. And he just happened to be walking by, and he heard that. And he got ticked. And I wasn't talking I was just talking It well, wasn't even Oscar. Was yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> so he get Melissa Freegang was an assistant A D at the time. And she was a she was the manager or the home game management type person and he said, uh, Bob Schofield wants to talk to you after the game. <laughs> I went, Oh boy, I'm in trouble You know, and I So he started he he came in and I said and I was I was pretty adamant that, I mean I didn't really I wasn't directing that toward anybody, I was just Commenting to Jeff Thingy, who was about a foot to my left, and he was kind of the, you know, he had the headset on, communicating with the sound people and everything else, and much like they do now, and and he just that was unprofessional. Blah 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 blah. You know, he says. I said, Bob, tell me about being professional. I remember one year, a couple years before, he called Weber State was playing, and CT was the coach, and and uh, our cheerleaders were there, and he kind of was eyeing the cheerleaders, saying, Oh, there's a couple of, which is not a good thing to do, but he he called a timeout so he could watch the cheerleaders cheer. <laughs> and he was talking to me about being professional, and I threw it back to him. You talk about being professional, Bob. What about two years ago when you did this? And then he kind of shut up. He didn't mm-hmm. say anything yeah. anymore.
0: <laughs> <It was just laughs> so kinda... many inside stories. there. But nobody... it's just
1: kind of, you know, and you get to know these officials, yeah. you know. And and that's fun. Chris Rastatter <laughs> is a really good official. He's one of the top. Yeah, we had him recently. We did. Yeah. And it's really, really, it's good to see him. Because you, you develop kind of a friendship, and you see him, and you, you know, it's just. He gets credit for calling one of the worst
0: calls that was actually in our favor. Remember that Sacramento State game when Corey Griggs made that layup that oh, was yeah. well
1: after the time, and yeah, he yeah. called it a,
0: yeah. and we won well, the game. And, and,
1: he's, and he's refereed games where I may have thought the call went against us or whatever. But that's going to happen. It does. It but does. I know he is fair, and he is honest, and he doesn't have a big attitude most of the time. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that's when you get, you know, some of these old officials like, like I said, Gordon Burke and Daryl Ogden and 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 some of these guys that refereed for years and years. You just get to be good, you know. Hey, what's happening, Scott Thornley? Yeah, was another one. You and, get to see that that side of the game, and and you just, I, I remember one time I got in trouble with the Big Sky people, and with the. You it's kind of funny. Janie Nadolski, who's a big sky assistant commissioner now, or associate commissioner or something. The former Wildcat, of course. Yes. Yeah, she played for CT. You know, and and sometime during we were hosting the tournament, and they were they were hell bent about not being, you know, just being neutral. We were we had to be Switzerland. Weber State was playing, and and, and uh, I said too many steps on the visiting team, and they came down on me for that for my too many steps thing, like that's that's not impartial yeah I said it on us too I mean it was just (laughs) it was just weird but you know I just but I I understand from where they're coming from yeah so many things have have
0: happened like that that you you see the you see the uh where you're able to sit you hear the officials you hear the the coaches talking you hear all kinds of things going on the fans yelling stuff
1: you know it's uh there's a lot, a lot going on There's in just so much. And you, you just, you know, and the officials understand. You know, they know that I've been, a lot of the guys that I've worked with a long time, They, I've had a couple ask me a question. What did you think? Was this? And, and I said, yeah, you're right. You're spot on. If it came on. And I, you know, I was honest with them. And I don't, you know, even though I'm a, a fan, I try not to be the biggest homer in America. I've been criticized for that a couple of times. <laughs> not, you know, you got to be more like, there, there's some. there used to be an announcer at the University of Montana that was just big time homer guy and I just I can't do that yeah you know just for whatever
0: but you got to have a thrill when there's an exciting moment and things you say <laughs> get people to cheer yeah. and that's got to be thrilling
1: yeah I remember a couple of times I've done you know if they, it's it, you know where there's they call nine there are 19 fouls on Weber State and two on the other team or you know and it's the 10th foul the 10th Weber State foul <laughs> you know I emphasize that a yeah. little bit and,
0: Prod the bear a little bit there, right? But yeah. not,
1: that's not something I don't say after every foul. Yeah. But I just may have, or only the 10th foul, or, you know, I've done a few things. But I've never really been called on it. Yeah. And sometimes I, that's a wildcat foul? You know, like <laughs> I, it was a question, but it really wasn't.
0: But you get, at least you get to have, the fans will respond to what you say. And, yeah. And, and get excited, and boy, when it gets rocking, it gets so loud, It's there's nothing like it. It's
1: no. It's no, I think the last time when we had so many people at the CIT tournament. Mm-hmm. That was what a heartbreaker that yeah. was. Yes. The place was. It was like the McCarthy years when we it had was it packed. was packed and we're up and you know, the guy just throws in a prayer with yeah. no time on the clock and it goes in. I've never heard the D events center so quiet. Yeah. And even the time even some of the times when I'd be sneaking around there in the middle of the night when it was being built. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm
0: sure it's impossible to talk about the best players that you've seen, I mean, that's got to be impossible, right? Because there's so many. And yeah, I know you don't want to necessarily you know single a few out, but you've mentioned. we've talked about them
1: obviously. We'll well, there some, right? I look at you know back in the day like Brady Small, what a point guard. He would be he'd be an awesome point guard now. You know, he was really good. Um, and those guys, you know, how do you how do you not with Bob Davis? Bob yeah. Davis was phenomenal and he didn't get a lot of cuz he was only here for 2, two years. years
0: yeah.
1: But he was a, he was a he was playing yeah. when we beat the University of Hawaii mm-hmm. in Pocatello in the first round. They were of a Mexico top guy. 5 team in the country. And they were yeah. they were cocky and we beat them like we beat them bad. Then we ended up playing UCLA the number 1 team in the country in Provo the next week. With Bill Walton, Bill Walton Larry Red. Farmer and yeah. those guys. Yeah. Then Larry Farmer comes back and be becomes yeah. our head coach <laughs> But you know, I mean, I love players like Robbie Johnson and like Desmond Harris. He was a, he was a player for Randy his first year. Yeah. What a good, we got to be pretty good friends. Good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so many of them. Darren Mahoney, uh, Jimmy DeGraffenried is still, and he, he and his family are, are dear friends. Um, I remember meeting with him when he was being recruited. And it seemed like he was here for about 11 years, but he was here, and then he went on a mission, and then came back. And yeah, but I mean, just a slow white guy from Payson. The man could he play? He could rebound. He could score. He could shoot. He played good defense and a huge big competitor. And you know, I like John Price was a great, great point guard, and he was a golf pro in phoenix area and just you know i don't think i could the, mention there's them guys like
0: rico washington
1: who's an washington. underrated player yeah. probably stan rose. So
0: good. stan rose stan yeah. rose was
1: you know he, he uh he was the only one year but but yeah, yeah and, I, it, and he stuck around stan <clears throat> did rico went back to chicago or somewhere and yeah. anyway, unfortunately he passed away yeah. but uh oh boy he al hamilton and al, al hamilton the,
0: Obviously, Arsenal and Gill those yeah, years those were so guys much fun. Were,
1: and I got to be pretty good friends with Harold, and, yeah. and you know, I, I still talk to Harold. And Eddie, Eddie was here for the the alumni game this year. Harold came. He's been before. two years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I always said that Harold Arsenal. I mean, the show he that game that he had against North Carolina was fabulous.
0: The Cravens' year that that two thousand three team with won seventeen straight with oh, yeah. Jermaine Boyette and, and Pat Danley and Chris Woods and Slobodan. and yeah. and oh those guys and you see so those good.
1: guys come and back you know Slobodan. Brad Barton and John Hamilton yeah and, yeah yeah and poor Brad Barton passed away but those guys became pretty good friends too Chris Woods yeah. still comes back and yep. he's a, Chris Woods is a noted uh, professional speaker and he's done. Some amazing yeah. things. Those and guys
0: are really close with uh, with Coach Cravens and Marlon Carter and all those yeah. guys that have helped yeah. with the alumni game. And that was a fun, fun team to watch. They beat BYU at home, and yeah. then went undefeated in Big Sky play. Yeah. And
1: that that was, was pretty fun. Was and Joe, Nick Sparrow on that team. Nick, and, yeah, and you just Nick. It's funny, Nick. Nick's dad, Ben, and I graduated from high school together. Ooh. And Ben came up here, and we he went to Weber State, and he ended up going into electrical business and stuff. But, It's been, you know, I don't think, there's just so many, and so many, you know, women's players, like when CT, when she played, um, I don't know, I got to be really good friends with her. We were like, she was like my sister. Her parents would come down and stay at my house when they'd come down and, you know, it was just, yeah, it was just kind of funny how, not funny, ha-ha, but just (laughs) how you get drawn in. And she coaches
0: for 23 years for this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and so many, and even visiting players. You know, yeah. I, like Julie Cromenhook is a women's referee, and a really good one. And she played at the U for Fern. Very good player. And very good player. And Elaine Elliott, who was a coach at the U. And I got to be really good friends with her. And and same thing with Fern Gardner. Uh, Fern Gardner, coach at the University of Utah for a number of years, was an excellent, excellent softball player. She played for the Utah Shamrocks, was a pitcher. and. Uh, And then her brother Dale Gardner was athletic director here, then ran the D Events Center, and you know it's just funny how you get to Norma Carr, who happens to be she. I don't know if she's still the athletic director at Salt Lake Community College. She has been, but uh, she was a she coached softball and she played softball, and then she was a a volleyball referee. And I could be really good friends with her, and and you know if she if I called her she'd do anything, yeah. Or she you know and. It's just kind of funny how this all, this whole world. Uh, Kent uh, Haslam, who's the athletic director at the University of Montana, was at our women's game on Saturday. He's uh, his uncle, Marlon Haslam, was a uh, orthopedic surgeon here in Ogden for many years, and his dad and mom live in Logan. And he was down here for the holidays, and and. Uh, uh, had a good visit with him. It's just fun to have these connections. And connections because he's, it's, it's, I consider him a good friend, yeah. and, and even though he's at our, our, our arch rival Montana, especially to, in the Big Sky,
0: where teams like Idaho State, Montana, Montana <clears> State, <throat> State, those teams that that we've been with for so long, you yeah. know, in Idaho, and I know, we you, and we get
1: to know them, even though they're rivals. You still get to know those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the coaches I, so Kent is a good guy. I mean, yeah. he's he's uh, like Robin Selvig, who, who right, coached yeah. at Montana. Yeah. I was I announced basketball when he was he was coached for many years but i also announced when, when he was played. playing
0: yeah
1: and and uh, you know and that and that's happened before like wayne tinkle's another one and yeah. even the guy that's at montana state now uh danny sprinkle danny sprinkle and travis DeCure played yeah. at montana and now yeah. coaches and yeah
0: danny sprinkle at and
1: it's fun state. you know every once in a while i'll have i'll have team i'll have people come up i remember i had mm-hmm. some a coach that was nau for a long time a, a women's coach that i sure like Coming up here and listen to you be at the end, you know, and that makes me feel good. I mean, I don't, I don't do it to make, you know, I do it because it's fun. Well, I, I love it.
0: I would say it would sure sound different if you weren't on the call. That's yeah. for sure.
1: Well, it's it's been a blast. I mean, it, it's been, you know, personally, it's been a big thing, big part of our family. Uh, when I first got married, cammy was the scorekeeper for volleyball. She sat right next to me, and then she ran the the old. Video board at the at Stuart Stadium where they had before they had actually a video. It wasn't board. even they they had, a video. It was kind of a message board. Yeah, yeah. That she type things in and she'd sit next to me. So it was fun, and we had our kids. Our kids would come to games starting at age zero. I think the first cheer they, the first thing they ever learned how to say wasn't Mama or Dada, it was P U B Y U. You taught but, them well. But yes. it's been it's been a blast. You know, it's been it's been so much fun and.
0: Yeah, we we should say this is not like the end. We just this no, is not the end. no, no, no. I We're don't have I don't you around have for any.
1: While, I have no. You know, I'm still working. Okay, good. I have
0: no plans. And I have no
1: plans to not do this anymore. But I just thought, with all your memories, we gotta I'm sit still down and talk. Healthy, ish. No, I'm still healthy, and and my voice works, and and you know, I don't. I'm COVID free right now, so far, <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I better not breathe. No, it's... Uh, but, it, uh, you know, it's just fun. You know, it's just a... You know, I don't know. You've you got to consider yourself,
0: like you said, as you started from going to games as a kid to where you are now, to think of that, what, 60 years almost probably, yeah. right?
1: Of, and it's been of a blast. being a part of what we were saying. How blessed you are to, to be a part of that. Blessed is right, you know, and just being part of this awesome university. It's a tremendous institution. To have had the chance to have worked here on the development side and raise money for buildings and scholarships and you know millions of dollars for different things and to become good friends with these donors you know when, when we did that it, it wasn't just I want your money I want your money but you you cultivate them and you become really good friends with them and that's a neat thing like Tom and Nancy Davidson were just like family there's another lady named Darlene Hobson who, who uh, I got introduced to when I was in the development office and uh, she became a huge Weaver State basketball fan, both men and women, and she gave quite a bit of money to both both teams and and but she was we my kids called her grandma Darlene, you know and there's just so many sweet sweet memories i, I, I it's be impossible to think of all of them yeah and all the people and all the really really good people that that uh, you know I, you, you don't always agree with everybody and everything that a coach does or whatever but You know, at the end of the day, you're all Weber State Wildcats, and you're all trying to do the best thing. I don't see... You know, people say, well, you're a celebrity. No, I'm not a celebrity. I'm just a guy. I'm a behind-the-scenes guy at basketball games that talks. Because whatever I do has nothing to do with whether we win or lose. But That's true. You know, I've never made a basket for Weber State (laughs) in my life, and I've never... Thank goodness, I never had a technical foul called on me either. It sounds like
0: it was close, but no, it, you're right. But the impact that you've had on the fans and the experience for the fans and the memories that they've had for all these is we look at this list of games, you know uh, uh, close to two thousand games, the memories that that you have made from from your experiences uh, has has had an impact on. Thousands of Wildcat fans. That it may have. about
1: it. and I think I hope it's been positive. Right. You know, I hope it's been positive because it's just, for me, it's been a blast. And and selfishly, you know, I'd love to do it till I die. If you know, I remember Ron Gotch who's over. He's an assistant athletic director over. He's kind of a home game management guy. He said, well, have you ever thought about retiring? And you know, we need to have kind of a uh, a plan in place in case you leave. I said, well, no, not really. I, I can still make it to the games. I guess I'll. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, there'll still be a as time. Long as you can. Yeah. There'll be a time, Paul, and and and. Uh, but it's not anytime soon that I that I think of. And and I just, it's so much fun to. to you know, that I consider like our basketball coaches are all good friends. Randy and Laura Ray, and you know, and and the Duffs, and it, it's. You know, I mean, and it's just uh it's just relationships and being involved, and, and it's fun to be have pretty good seats, too, really. You do have a pretty good seat, that's yeah, true. sometimes too yeah. good, but <laughs> <laughs> you can hear an awful lot of stuff on the court that happens that a right. normal fan doesn't hear. Well, we are lucky.
0: I know you're lucky, and you consider yourself lucky, uh, but we're lucky to have you, too. So blessed. thanks for the, Thank the time you. to chat about your memories.
1: You know, I love Weber State. I bleed purple, as is my family, and, and uh, it's awesome.
0: Rob Alexander, great to have you here. Join us on Cattails Podcast. Thanks for your time, and we look forward to hearing from you again soon at the next Wildcat game.
1: Thanks for attending the game tonight, Wildcat fans. Remember, buckle children in the back seat, and go Wildcats!